Hey, it's Games, Grit, and Gratitude, Real Talk with Jean Leggett. Hi, I'm Jean Leggett, and this is my producer and friend, Roger Reichart. Hello. I've had this idea. Hi. I've had this idea kicking around for a year to do a series of real talk about my six years of indie game dev life and inspired to combine it with the 10 years of life coaching experience that I have into a podcast series. Very cool. I'm excited. Are you excited? I am. Uh, Roger and I are absolutely giddy, hilarious. I don't know even how we get through an entire episode. This is this is actually take two of episode one. And it's funny because in episode one, I was all about like, listen, if you make a mistake, just go through it and embrace it. But there were there were some things that I wanted to make sure that we we touched on before we move on to episode two. So I was like, can we redo this? Um, so a little bit about me. I have been a public speaker and a stand up comedian since 2005 and a professional and certified coach since 2009. So, you know, a good 10 plus years. And I've also been an indie game dev since 2014. And if that wasn't enough, you can find me teaching narrative design at postgraduate at Sheridan College. Uh, and if you're really like, wow, I like Jean Leggett and I want more of her, there are some ancient cooking videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so if you would like to see a deaf Julia child, I am signing and speaking at the same time. Really? Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Roger, tell us, tell everybody a little bit about you. Uh, well, um, I have been podcasting for the, like, the last three and a half years or so. And, um, and actually you were on a show that I used to run and, uh, and then we just started talking and I said, Hey, what do you think about doing a podcast? And we are talking about all these different ideas and yeah, this just came about of just, I don't know, like I would say like three or four months of, of us just talking through ideas, right. Of like what yeah. this should be. So, yeah, it's. Um, for those of you who have seen me speak, I do keynotes around the world, and I've been talking about our indie dev studio and the ups and downs that we've had. And along the way, I was like, you know what? I probably should try and turn this into a book. And Roger came along. He's like, listen, I love what you're doing. And could I be your podcast producer? I'm like, sweet. <laughs> sweet. Yeah. So there are a lot of podcasts out there that you can all be listening to that are looking deeper at video games, the business of games, and, you know, the fun of playing games. What I really wanted to construct this podcast around is this idea of hope right? Hope through the sharing of many people's stories. So it's not just like the gene show. It is what indie devs have learned, what AAAs have devs have learned, you know, the things that the journey that you have when you go through the gritty times and the joyful times in the act of creating games. So whether you're an artist or a composer or a writer or a programmer, I just want to have this opportunity to explore our personal journeys together. So it's a little bit of life coaching, and a little bit of game dev. Yeah. So, Gene, one of the things that we talked about was the the vision, vision, and the the mission of this of this series. So, you have some really cool ideas with this. Thank you. Well, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because I'm a latecomer to games, and and I think that oftentimes people think that you need to start a career at the very beginning of your adolescence or like post high school, post college life, and it's like, listen, there's 
there's a lot that other people's life experiences can bring into games. I started a studio with my husband at 36 years old, and our driving value and mission was to help underrepresented stories come to life because we built a narrative game engine. And I'm really super passionate about games as a cultural medium. That's the only reason I'm in this industry. <laughs> it's not for anything else. It's, you know, interactive storytelling with like historical games and biographical games and educational games. And ultimately, it's about expanding our capacity for empathy. So along those lines, I think there's also a lot of value in expanding our journey looking inward. And a lot of people don't set aside the time to do the personal development. I know a lot of amazing game devs who are very open about talking about going to therapy and and sharing the things that they've learned. So that's been really amazing for me over the series of uh, great game, Games Great Gratitude, which is G3, G3 Real Talk, is I want you to be able to follow along and do some of your own personal inventory. So there's like homework that you can do if you want. And, um, you know, why I refer back to Brene Brown is Brene, Brene Brown is sort of like this, this person who's talked a lot about courage and shame and resiliency and what is it to show up fully as yourself and to be seen. And that's something that we really struggle with in as creatives and putting our, our work out there for people to see us. So my driving mission is to be a source of real talk with empathy and understanding and connection and humor. Oh my God, there's going to be humor. <laughs> and I certainly am going to be very real about the ups and downs that we've had because we've had incredible highs and incredible lows, the messy messes and the ecstatic highs. And more importantly, I also want to bring devs from across the industry who are like starting out or mid-career or still at it decades after they've started and ask them the questions on, on that week's topic. You know, and one of the reasons, and, and this is the driving reason why I wanted to re-record this episode, Roger, is, um, you know, with everything going on in the world, especially we're, we're living right through the, the, the civil uprising and, and conversation around equality and Black Lives Matter. And I read a tweet and it was talking about how they often use the word grit and resilience in schools and, and how that, how loaded that is in privilege. And there's a whole conversation around that. So what I wanted to add in my vision and mission for this podcast is to say, you know, having a positive mindset and being an overcomer and, and having resilience, those are really wonderful characters, characteristics and skills to have, but they don't fix, fix the systemic issues that are creating barriers for women and underrepresented folks in games. But what those skills can do and what this podcast can hopefully help with are some solutions and maybe inspire people to connect and to lift each other up. So really, for me, it's about connecting people and getting them to realize what amazing, amazing magic there is out there. That's what I want from from our podcast. Yeah. And I think the the thing that excited me about this podcast was the fact that, you know, when people make it in the industry, right? Make it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's usually the, the, the piece of advice they always give to you is just like, you know, just keep trying. You can do it. If you just put your heart into it. And there's a lot of people that put a lot of heart into things and then they don't make it. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, those shouldn't be, I mean, those stories have to be heard too. Right. And yeah. I think that, and that struggle has to be heard um, because it's really easy 
to hear people that made it and say, you know, if you just give a little bit more heart, you'll be able to make it. It's like, well, how, how much more heart, yeah. heart do I need to put in there? Exactly. Uh, I mean, we've been at it for, gosh, six and a half, seven years, and we haven't hit it big yet. Yeah. And and I know a lot of people are just like, oh, I can't think of more deserving people. And it's like, listen, it's never been about deserving um, and sometimes it's literally who you know, or an opportunity, or if you're willing to sell your soul to the devil, not to say <laughs> that everybody who does that, who gets money, um, has sold their souls. But, you know, you talk to enough people, they'll say that they have sold their souls, and they really regret it. So I really, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for us to dig a little bit deeper, and maybe pick at some scabs in the industry, and to just, I don't know. Get some real talk in there. Yeah. Yeah. In the general flow of the series, too. So this is something that you came up with that I absolutely love. Um, can you talk about that? Well, because I'm a narrative nerd, I thought, well, how do I how do I sketch out what I want this entire show to look like? And how many episodes is it going to be? Honestly, Roger and I still don't know how many episodes it's going to be. We're going to aim, I think, for two episodes a month. And my approach to fleshing all of this out is to do it like a game design document or how I would do world building. So first couple episodes, we're going to talk about story. So that's the origin of this particular, you know, what is life coaching and how does that fit into game dev? Uh, next episode is going to be about one more story games, which is the company that I founded with my husband and, and what founding that looked like and what our experience was. But the series are, or the, the next couple episodes after that are about character. So building your team, building your network. How do you find good mentors? How do you avoid the good guys and the bad guys? Well, you want to attract the good guys and, uh, and repel the bad guys. But there were a lot of lessons that we learned in hiring pretty shady people that I would love to pass on. And, you know, looking at inventory. So inventory, that whole section on inventory is doing a lot of personal development work, like looking at the imposter syndrome, the internal critic, uh, understanding game dev culture. So we'll have some really great speakers on for that as well. And then we'll get into some of the other businessy stuff, like the what I call the setting. So like, that's like the logistics and contracts and you know, everybody's like, but I'm working with my friend or making games that we love. Get a contract. So it's, you know, I just want to, I want to have fun with this. I hope to turn this into a book because I absolutely love the work that I do. Does the world need another book? Well, I don't see too many game dev books written by women. So I'd love to share that out there. And more importantly, I'm super excited about what I call the level up uh, worksheet. So that's the opportunity yeah. for people to do their homework on a biweekly basis and and do some internal inventory work. Yeah, that's something that's I think is unique for this podcast and I'm very excited about. So that's me yeah. clapping very quietly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Jean, let's talk about the life coaching then. So you are a life coach, as you mentioned, with an emphasis in the game industry. So tell us what does that all entail? And how does a life coach help in a game studio? Well, first, I want to talk a little bit about what life coaching is, because a lot of people have no flipping idea. <laughs> and uh, people are like, uh, life coaches, does that mean that you don't know how to do it? I'm like, yes, that's exactly what a coach is. A coach who trains elite athletes, 
because the elite athlete knows nothing about how to play the game. No, a coach is basically like if I can reframe what a coach is, a coach is somebody that sits on the sidelines and has a high level view of what it is that you're looking to achieve. And while you're focused on the ball, to use a sports metaphor, we're able to see the entirety of the entire um, the field, right? We have the full field of vision. And we're also holding your vision with us so that we can direct where you're supposed to put your attention to. So um, one thing that I really love about the coach training that I got, and this is really important, coaching is you are not, what do they call it? It's creative, resourceful, and whole. So when they say that people are naturally creative, that means that if you hone your skills as a coach and as a, as a good listener, you'll be able to actually elicit every client knows exactly what they want if they are asked the right questions. Mm. Right. And we talk a little bit about resonance, which is that ah, moment that you have, like when your heart is like, yes. Right. So resonance and you know exactly what it is that you want. So creative, resourceful. Almost everybody has the means to be able to make steps towards their dreams. And I will add in there that some people have the additional means because they come from particular countries or they come from a particular background with wealth and education. So I do want to talk about privilege in It'll probably come up in quite a few of the podcasts because I think it's really important. There's nothing I hate more than obnoxious people who have survivor bias and say, money is super easy to get. It's like, well, that's nice. You've got 20, 30, 40 years of experience in the industry. Of course, it's easy to get. Yeah. So creative, resourceful, and then whole. So the idea is that somebody who's seeking out coaching, whether it's business coaching or professional coaching, it's not because they're broken and that they need to be fixed right? They are not broken people. They're just asking for somebody to be fully present with them in the moment while they are working things through. And that person is designed to listen. So that was like a very long explanation as to what like a life coach is. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Um, So what does that fit into the games industry? Well, for the past year and a half, Uh, I have been specifically doing mentorship and coaching, two different things with game devs across a number of things. So maybe it's looking at their game design documents and giving them feedback because they're looking for a narrative perspective or even marketing because they're, they're fairly junior and I'm further along. Um, so there's been a little bit of that lately. I've been doing a lot of career coaching for game devs and helping them reframe their experience. And that just means telling the story that other people want to hear in the language that they're used to hearing it. And um, so there's been that and some other things that life coaches can do. And I have been doing is doing some mediation within an organization where I'm working with a group of founders and just helping everybody be heard which has been um, a really interesting and new experience for me. And I've had a lot of fun with it. So it's more like group coaching. Nice. I think a lot of indie studios would benefit from having somebody who is a trained listener facilitator to ask the questions, because oftentimes you see studios formed out of college groups. And if they are successful, then they start to grow, but they don't necessarily think about the framework that you need to grow a healthy company until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And as as one of my good friends, Liam Esler, always says, culture begins on day one. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so, yeah, having having a coach can really help you set the right tone and vision for the company that you're trying to build for the long run. Along with that, you talk a lot about re- resiliency. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it mean to be resilient in the game industry? And what does it take to survive in industry? You know, in the light of the th- the things that I've been thinking about in the past week is there's twofold to this. One is, what is resiliency? Resiliency is being able to piece yourself back together. Um, if you're familiar, Roger, we briefly talked about this, is kintsugi. The yeah. idea that you have in Japanese culture, when you shatter a bowl, you can reform it by putting gold in the cracks. And I like to look at that as like it's an expansion of its capacity. And, you know, resiliency is just, what is the phrase? Getting up one more time, getting up one more time than you fall down, Hmm. right? So every time you get knocked down, you just, you get back up. And, you know, resiliency, I'm a really big fan of resiliency. I'm really tired of getting knocked down. And I'm sure (laughs) a lot of people had a rough year. Yeah. And we're not even halfway through, but we will be when this podcast airs. And (laughs) um, please, no asteroids from space. That's all I'm asking for. (laughs) But in the context of the games industry, I mean, it's twofold. One, you have people who've been around in the games industry who happen to be publishing their games at the beginning of the indie first wave, right? So these folks were, they were the pioneers, but they were also able to scoop up a lot of devoted fans. Um, Sometimes it literally comes down to timing. So they've, they've had this success and they haven't necessarily been able to replicate that success. Uh, We've seen studios, great studios pump out great games, and then their subsequent games were not successful. And so do we expect people to be continually successful just because they have succeeded once? Uh, And then the other piece of it is, you know, resiliency is a lot to do with circumstance. It's a lot easier to be resilient when your bank balance is full. It's a lot easier to be resilient when you have a really flush network. And so that is something that I think I'm being even more mindful as I'm having these conversations. Um, I was recently on a panel and this is, it sort of got under my skin because this, this one person was like, well, it's really super easy to get money. And then I went to look at their LinkedIn and noticed how much experience they had. And of course, it's easy for him to get money. Sure. They've been around for decades. Um, but, you know, somebody starting out from Belize or Colombia or Argentina or, you know, Estonia, do you think it's really easy for a team like that to get money? Yeah, it's the so resiliency. Yeah, I'm all about resiliency for sure. But I think it's a really false narrative to say that everybody has the same capacity for resiliency, when not everybody has the same starting point. So I really want to the hats off to people who uh, are going through the additional challenges. Because as I pointed out to this gentleman, that less than 3% of women, women-led companies get funding by venture capitalists in the in the general world. And I don't think that those numbers are any better in the games world. However, 
Roger, I don't know if you've seen the news, but there are some really amazing things that are coming out just as a result of the Black Lives Matter and and people paying attention to the fact that we're not putting our money where our mouth is. And so some very large pools of money are specifically being developed for Black-run uh, video game studios and uh, underrepresented mi- and minority and women games companies. So good things are coming. And I just, I hate that it's, it's taken us so long to get here. And um, we've lost a lot of good people along the way. Uh, people who have left the industry, people who have burned out, people who have uh, burned out on life and have just, yeah, it's resiliency. Love it. Also hate it. Yeah. I'm just curious. What did that, uh, if you if you can share, what did that guy say when you when he pointed out the fact that uh, <laughs> <laughs> women don't get a, a fair share of that of that? I was, you know what? I was so typically womanly polite. Yeah. And because man, if if I had a sense, because it was all online, like if I was on that panel on a stage, I think I might have been just a little bit, I don't know, bitchier. But what <laughs> I said to him was. Do you want to take a guess at how what percentage women get funded? <laughs> do ya? Do ya? And and he's like, oh, and I said, come on, take a guess. And so his response was eight percent. And even though, like, dude, eight percent is nothing to be proud of. Yeah, nothing, right. Right. nothing. Ugh. Yeah. So I I hope that the people listening to this podcast. Um, have been doing some of the self-examination work to think about what privilege means, because I think a lot of people are confused and they think that privilege means that they haven't had to work hard. Mm-hmm. I have had to overcome a lot of freaking things to get where I am. However, I know that if I had, um, if I wasn't a white woman from Canada, that regardless of my poverty and my, my hard of hearingness and my deaf family and all of those things, I would have a lot more challenges if I came from Paraguay or Bulgaria, you know, like if I, or even from India or the Philippines, if I was a woman from the Philippines trying to get the funding that I've already received would be that much harder. So that's, that's all I'm asking is for people to, to take a step back and realize that it's not all about you. Yeah. And, and that we are stronger as an industry if we can pull in people's experiences from all over. Yeah. That's resiliency, my friends. <laughs> um so another thing that you always use too, and I I, I find this word uh interesting is mm-hmm. mindfulness. Um mm-hmm. so what does that mean to you? Because I've heard it used in different ways. Uh, what does it mean to you and how does it apply to the game industry? Okay, so mindfulness. Mindfulness is in the way that I look at mindfulness is taking the moment to stop, drop and breathe, stop, drop and think, and to just take stock, right? It's, Mm -hmm. uh, I've downloaded an app and and I'll see if I can, I don't want to touch my phone right now, but Roger, remind me. And so we can add that as a resource on the resource page. But I've downloaded an app and you can add a whole bunch of activities to it. So you can do like a health activity, uh, food intake. Did you brush your teeth today? You know, silly things like that. <laughs> yeah. 
And what I like about that is at the end of the day, I sort of stop and do, I stake, I, uh, I take stock of my day and go, oh yeah, and I haven't done these things yet. Uh, for a long time, I used to do gratitude journaling. And I've really fallen off that wagon in the last two years, which is a real shame. But the thing about gratitude journaling at the end of the night is, listen, you're going to have some really shit days. No lie, right? I, I don't know a single person on this planet that hasn't had a rough day or a day that's been filled with absolute grief where if you're hiding under the covers and, and that's all you're managing to do, I've been there. I spent a lot of time under the covers in the last couple of years. I'm going to talk about that on the podcast. I'm going to talk about how you get out from under the covers. And the mindfulness thing is, even on those days, there sometimes is a glimmer of hope. And I'm not writing things in my gratitude journal like, I'm grateful that so-and-so, like a family member has passed away, but maybe I'm writing a thing like, you know, it was really nice to think about the ice cream trips to the store that I used to take with my grandma, or I had a good cup of tea. And so that whole idea of just taking a moment to take a breath and to be proactive about your mental process versus being constantly reactive. Because I think that's what we're primed to do with social media. It's just we're constantly being bombarded with things and with messages and feelings of insecurity. And that is one tool that we can use to just be like, okay, what, how do I feel right now? How do I feel in this moment? And, you know, when you ask the question, how do we use mindfulness more in the games industry? Man, would I love it if more people would be mindful before they talk to somebody else. Yeah. Before they, you know, designing things with their intentions in mind. What does it mean to be an ethical game designer? What does it mean to be an ethical partner, or teammate on a team? Um, what does it mean to be thoughtful of your customers? Just stopping and taking those moments instead of being constantly in the push, 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 just to sit and let it sink in. Hmm. So I'm kind of hoping that there will be some people super interested in taking it a little bit slower and making it more about the quality. Yeah. Yeah. And in along those lines, it kind of reminds me of discussions I've had about positive intent and mm -hmm. it's, you know, thinking not not just jumping to conclusions of what that person intended, but actually asking them, what was your intent, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when you mentioned the, the social media thing, that was the first thing that I thought of was like, you know, thinking. Well, I kind of, I diffused a, a very angry person today on Twitter who was trolling a friend of mine. Hmm. And um, I won't get into it, but I just, I went off to the side and I said, hey, listen, you know, I I appreciate what you're having to say. What you say is valid, but there is a time and a place for that. And today was not the time. They were trolling a friend's, uh, my a good friend of mine launched a Kickstarter today. It smashed through her goals. I'm over the moon excited. And this person, random person, just came and, and took a, a massive thought dump on her tweets. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, 
dude, I get what you're saying. Not the time, not the place. And, and so I had, I had a gentle, loving conversation with him and I'm not always gentle and loving. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, don't cross Jean Leggett is just what I have to say. Um, but I wanted to just say, listen, I, I acknowledge that you're, you have a valid point and that you're hurting. And, and I hope that you can maybe find a better way to approach people so that they're receptive to hearing your pain. And that's not to say that people should, um, uh, be mindful or tone police. That's another whole other conversation is like, you can't tell me not to be angry. Listen, just don't shit on somebody's really great achievement because you want to be heard in that moment. Yeah. Um, he did apologize and he agrees that he should have not done it the way that he did. So. Well, nice. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's nice to hear those kind of stories. <laughs> well, and I just told my friend, just block people like that. Don't even bother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So we're living in a really unique time. Uh, <laughs> 2020. 2020. Um, you know, with COVID-19 going on as well, um, how does a game studio stay mindful? How mm-hmm. How do you keep that joy in what you do? And then how do you stay creative with the concern of, of the physical, mental, and financial health? Oh, my God. You know, when we started writing out our questions for this episode, COVID-19 was the only thing that yeah. was happening on our planet. Yeah. Because, you know, Australia was on fire in January, and then there's yeah. a social and civil unrest in uh, some Latin American countries, and, and then COVID. Yay, COVID! Um <laughs> I have now packed on the COVID-19 and my stretchy pants are a little bit tight, but you know, I I like ice cream. What can I say? (laughs) So how does a, and then, you know, and then we have the, the horrible stuff that's happening in the U S but not, but it's, it's a moment for our industry to stop and take stock about what really matters I think with COVID, what we were starting to look at were all of the things that we had taken for granted. Yeah. Um, there is a tremendous and negative impact to many people's household financials as a result of COVID, mine included. I'm having some, some issues, but I will get them sorted. Thank you very much. Um, and so you have, you have a whole cadre of game developers who are fortunate enough to have ongoing contracts, their money was already in the bank before COVID. So they're just making their games. And, you know, maybe they're a little bit stressed because they're now working from home. But for the most part, I've heard a lot of people are doing quite well doing the work from home thing. I think where things got amped up is with the protests, because there were a lot of peaceful, peaceful protests that were happening, which also were misconstrued as riots in some areas. So, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the civil unrest and that conversation, how do you stay mindful? Uh, Good luck is, is what I got to say. So this, this is not a a podcast that is going to wave my magic wand and and you're going to be like, Oh, I listened to Jean's podcast and now I'm all happy. Real talk ain't going to happen. So how do you stay mindful? You know what? If it means putting on a few extra pounds or maybe losing a few pounds or you're going out in your, you know, because your, your coping mechanisms may have changed or maybe you've amplified certain coping mechanisms. I have done a lot of baking. I've really enjoyed that. 
um, maybe, maybe for you, it's getting out and getting some exercise or listening to some music or, I don't know, starting up a podcast. <laughs> um, find the things that are working for you. We, we need to, we need to be flexible. And I think the biggest thing that we can all do in the, in the path towards being mindful is to show ourselves some massive compassion and then take that compassion and give it to other people. Mm. Right. It's how do you keep the joy as an artist? Well, hopefully you're still getting your, your, your paycheck, right? If you're, and, and yeah, I, I lost some, some huge contracts over the summer and it's hit us really hard. Uh, it's forced me to be creative in ways that I didn't expect, which is kind of amazing. Mm. But again, that comes from my having a lot of experience and, and a lot of connection. So it's that resiliency thing is a lot to do with where you're currently at. Um, but yeah, it's find your people, find your people that can support you, your, your panic posse, your, uh, your barn raisers. I'll talk a little bit about barn raisers and future episodes, but they're the people that would stop, drop and show up to help build you a barn if you were Amish. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of good people in my life and, and they keep me grounded. So I hope, I hope whoever's listening to this is able to point to, even if it's a small handful of people that are good listeners, that are compassionate, that are wholeheartedly your 100% president of your fan club. You know, I, I, I will say this for me, I think like my creativity has gone down a little bit just because there's so much going on right now. And I, I want to do something. I want to be part of that change. Um, but there's only so much I can do. And then it really frustrates me when I can't, when I can't do more. So, um, so that's just me, but (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. Um, I absolutely hear you on that. And it's, I think one of the things that, uh, people, uh, white people in particular can take, take the hint is, you know, we've, we've had it good for so long. Even the ones that feel like they're maybe at the bottom of the ladder. It's like, listen, in order for us to be of most service is to amplify the work that other people are doing that don't look like us, um, to, vote and make changes uh, locally and federally that positively impact the lives of other people. And, and that will start to change our collective mindset. But because it is absolutely emotionally wrenching to see the suffering in the world. And what's sadder is that a lot of our apathy is directly causing this. So Find the joy in, in the things that are meaningful to you. It doesn't mean that you have to be sad all of the time because sad things are happening. It's, you still need to find the glimmers of joy for you. And for me, it's been cooking with my husband and maybe doing a lot more mentorship with people that I never expected to mentor. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. It's, but I'm not the happiest person I've ever been. Because COVID and uh, the civil unrest that's happening in the world, it's really eating away at my empathic soul. And I would like to see it all come to a just end. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about then we talked about having some kind of, uh, I guess, homework. <laughs> That's the best way I could think of it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Can, can you talk about that? What what they should be prepared for next episode? Yeah. Okay. So the next episode, we're going to do like the origin story of One More Story Games, how I got started in games, uh, because it's an, an atypical path. And I really want to highlight the, the the weird path that I took. And we'll also ask other people about their paths as well. Uh, not particularly next episode, but in the future episodes. And also what I really want for people to do is in, in advance of next episode is I want you to really think about what drives you to be creative. Like, what are the things that make you want to be part of this industry? Like I said earlier, for me, it's it's wow, this is an amazing cultural medium. We have books, film, television, music, and we have games. And I really think that interactive digital media is our future as storytellers. And that's what drives me. So what drives you to be creative? What are some of the challenges that you're having, which you're having? Um, what are the moments in which people have easily championed you? And what are the moments that you wish you had more recognition for? So those are some of the things on the homework sheet that you can download with this particular episode is th- there'll be prompts for that so that you can you can write them down before you listen to the next episode. The homework sheet, though, the next level you homework is, you know, what does survival, resilience and joy mean for you? I want people to just stop and think about what does survival look like for you? What is what does resilience mean? Is it is it something that that you practice that you're skilled at that you suck at? Um, Joy? Is that something that you're easy that comes easy to you? Or is it something that you struggle with? Those are those are things for you to to think about. And how do you how are you incorporating those things into your daily life? Like, I'm really super big on my Facebook page, which I keep for a very close group of friends is I do often do prompts for gratitude. And I have one friend, and she never, ever writes on there. And she's like, I think those gratitude prompts, I'm glad they work for you, but gratitude's bullshit. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> all right, I-, I got it. I got it. And she's like, it feels contrived. And I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. if you're writing it down in your personal journal, great. What it does is just, it's a mindfulness practice of appreciating some good in your life. Because the most amazing thing is, is if you open up a gratitude journal, you know, a year or even three months down the road, and you're having a really bad day today, and you open up your journal, and you're like, I know February 2 was a really horrible day. And then you look at it, and you're like, all you can see are the little miracles of that day, instead of the devastating thing that happened, right? We can, we can retrain our brain to focus on different things. So there's a prompt for that. There's also an exercise on the wheel of life. So you can do an assessment. How do you feel about your current financial life? Uh, How do you feel about your physical? How do you feel about your relationships with people? Are you getting enough uh, romance or, you know, intimacy? You know, take take stock of what's going on in your life right now. And and also, there's a prompt for gratitude. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't like the word homework. It gives me the willies. <laughs> All right. Don't call it homework then. 
Yeah. Call it you work. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Um, so before we go, so we'll have all that in the, the show notes too. I, uh, we'll, we'll add some information there that you can absolutely uh, get that information. So before we go though, since you talk about being a, 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 a coach, right? Um, and mentoring studios, if people wanted to get a hold of you and reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? Ooh. Okay. Well, for the podcast, they can find us on Twitter at G3 Real Talk. That's the official podcast channel. And if they're trying to find me, it's at Gene Leggett. And I'm fairly active on Twitter. You might want to hide those retweets is all I'm saying. (laughs) Nice. Cool. Uh, Well, I think that's it for show number one. And no, Roger. No, well, you no. forgot I, one little thing. What did I forget? We're supposed to close out with our gratitude. Oh, that's right. That's right. Roger, so, what are yes. you grateful for today? Um. Well, I am grateful for the fact that you allowed me to go on this journey with you. So this is cool. I'm excited. Um, and I'm very grateful for the fact that um, my family is safe and healthy and... So what are you grateful, grateful for? for you? So grateful for you. <laughs> I'm I'm grateful that you have a great laugh because it it makes doing hard, stressful, scary things easier. Um, <laughs> today, I'm really grateful to see somebody succeed at their dream beyond their wildest dreams. I mean, it's uh, by the time this episode comes out, I think the Kickstarter might still be running. So go back the bone herder. Um, that's been really exciting to see this young black comic book creator create this thing that everybody's going bonkers for. Um, so that's been an absolute delight. And I think I'm really grateful for some, for, for having said yes to an opportunity that wasn't a fit for me, just so I could talk to somebody and watching it lead to other really amazing potential partnerships in the future that I think will be transforming for our company. So, just being open to adventure, which is my, I guess that's my life tendency, <laughs> but it's, it's been, this is part of it, right? This is part of the journey and I'm immensely grateful for all of you listening. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you listeners. And if you like what you hear, uh, please leave us a review. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes uh, or Google play or wherever you listen to the podcast. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And if you leave us a review, uh, I'm sure we'll read it on the air, right, Gene? <laughs> uh, nice ones, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I promised to read the bad ones in um, a super villain accent. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, baby, you know it. Yeah. Hey, that stand-up comic has to come out somewhere. She's been, <laughs> she hasn't had any stage time in a really long time. So, so thanks for listening to our very first episode. I know that maybe it wasn't the most exciting episode, but we covered what life coaching was all about and and what that looks like within a game studio. And we're going to get into some really juicy stuff in the next couple of episodes. So stick around, and um, yeah, stick around for some real talk. All right. See ya. Bye. 